0: Some of the leadership of with the, everything. Well, if you look at the map and you see Hungary
1: and you see how it is encircled, Russia, Belarus, Crimea, which they have taken over but had,
0: you know, it's still a danger now to Ukraine, and then you see Poland and Romania and all of those countries just abutting uh, that's a
1: Russian influence. It is. March 7th, 2022. Welcome to The Daily Rob. You can find us all across the internet. Hit that Linktree link in the description and you can find Rob in all the awesome places where he has a online presence. Now, without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Rob Smith.
0: Still, you said that like maybe there's some naked pictures of me out there, like online presence. I think we should uh clarified there aren't okay okay right.
1: you do not have an only fans that's right
0: um <laughs> still um monday morning weekend is over big news in sports is duke is uh duke lost to carolina it's the biggest sporting event and Stu, i think jesus is pleased with that because um Duke is a satanic cult of a school. We all know that. And, Stu, what do you think its founder, Washington Duke, thinks of Duke University these days? I feel sorry for that guy. You know, he was a uh, Confederate officer, made a bunch of money, great philanthropist, founds the school, and look at them. They're a hotbed for satanic Marxism. Just in right, Stu. I think they ought to give the school back to the Duke family. Stu, the big news, as you know, is Ukraine. Um, Oh, it's a lot to talk about, Stu. Um, NATO countries um, have given the green light um, to give aircraft to the Ukraine, or to Ukraine, as you would say, Stu, because when you say the Ukraine, it makes it sound like it's part of the old Soviet Union. So, Stu, um, That could be a game changer. Um, The way I think it would work is the Poles would give some of their planes and then we would give the Poles' planes. But uh, it's an interesting development. Um, um, And it's interesting for me to watch both sides of this. You've got um, the neocons, as they say, um, just advocating for total war, it seems like. And then you got the we should stay at home uh, conservatives, Steve Bannon types, others who are libertarians. This is not our problem. This is not our war. Um, uh,
1: So Lindsey Graham is on TV saying Putin should be assassinated.
0: Is there Brutus in Russia? The only way this ends, my friend, is for somebody in Russia to take this guy out. Graham's spokesperson noted that the senator also expressed he was okay with a coup to remove Putin, but the senator's comments are being interpreted by some as a call for the assassination of the Russian leader including fellow Republican Senator Ted Cruz, who now is calling this an exceptionally bad idea. And then new this morning, just in the last couple minutes, we've gotten a response from Putin's press secretary calling this a hysterical escalation of russophobia, saying, quote, These days, not everyone manages to maintain sobriety, I would even say sanity, and many lose their minds. Again, a quote from Putin's press secretary. All of this likely to fuel concerns. This could become a talking point for Putin. Keep in mind, he's publicly been on defense as most of the rest of the world praises Ukraine's resistance. So his team has been eager to frame this invasion as American persecution of Putin.
1: Yeah. Just imagine that as a clip on the Russian-sponsored state
0: media on repeat. Yeah. I mean, that's scary. That's what what he's he's advocating is that somebody over there knock him off. but it, so, serves, it serves as propaganda.
1: I mean, Putin's propaganda is that the West will not accept Russia. And, you know, there are plenty of people in Russia that don't like Putin, but there's still a lot that like him. And you have to remember something, seeing something like that galvanizes people.
0: Well, I think one of the problems we've made is uh, over the, this whole Trump-Russia fake news, and having the democrats who are in power now um, just malign russia and fabricate stories about um you know russian involvement in our elections and uh, and how trump conspired with the russians when actually they conspired with russian intelligence but um and then when hunter laptops computer was found they said it was the russians it was the Russians, and I just think you have to be careful, Stu, when you uh, totally malign another country like that, um, you know, um, they one could argue their backs have been pushed against the wall a little bit. Now, with that said, Stu, I'm a balance of power guy, and, uh, you know, I think we should arm the Ukrainians, and we ought to just kind of keep Russia at bay, uh, but I am not the, but I recognize there are two sides to this thing. And I'm not saying one side's great and the other isn't. I'm saying it's within our vital interest um, to kind of make make Russia bleed. So um, they started it um, so as not to disrupt the balance of power in Europe right now. What did you think of the
1: Finnish president's comments to Biden that essentially implied that he felt that
0: Biden started this war. Well, you know, when uh, I first heard that, Stu, on the news, uh, my thought was, you know, the Nordic people are, are peaceful. That's what he meant by that. He wasn't pointing the finger. And then when uh, you made the super clip of it, and I looked at it again, I'm like, well, hey. Um maybe he is jousting Biden and America and uh, the globalist uh a bit. So um matter of fact, I think he probably was. Well you know my predecessor who sat in this seat, uh, President Obama used to say we'd be all right if we left everything to the Nordic countries and <laughs> it'd be fine. Well <laughs> we usually don't start wars. No. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it, if I remember correctly, I know that I think it's both the Swedish and Finnish airspace has been violated by the Russians in this past week. So I do wonder if he feels like the reckless way in, this, in which this was handled has essentially made it so that his country is now endangered by, I guess, the, the, the lack of insight. And the lack of negotiation that was going on uh, between Ukraine, Russia, and the United States. A lot of history
0: there, Stu. Uh People don't realize that when Russia uh, in 1940 tried to annex Finland, the Finns fought back. And 250,000 Russians died. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's incredible. Uh, and, of course, Sweden and Norway were taken over by the Germans. Um, so everybody's got skin in this game.
1: Um, I have a great quote from their president, and this is in January of this year. And he was finished being, president. Yes, sir. And so he was being asked, you know, what was Putin's intentions regarding the West? And so he said, kind of echoing what you said, you know, Finns certainly learned the wisdom that a Cossack, that means a Russian soldier, soldier, takes all that is loose. You have to be very, very clear where the fixed line is. Yep, history repeats
0: itself, Stu. Now, Stu, just like, did did we talk about this the other day, uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls, the Hemingway book about um, the fascists in Spain and the nationalists? Yes, sir. Well, apparently, yeah, we did, didn't we? Uh, 3,000 Americans have applied, I guess you applied to the State Department, but to go over uh, to Ukraine and fight on behalf of the Ukrainians. Um, apparently, 200 or so are there. I would say if 200 are there kind of recorded, uh, there's probably more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zelensky says that 16,000 people are expect- uh, from other countries are expected to show up there before, you know, relatively soon. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Stu, the dystopian policies of this administration, which are totally nonsensical and against the interest of the, of the United States, and downright stupid as fuck, um, have oil. Now, a barrel of oil is, is $115 a barrel. Huh. In 2020, the average price was thirty nine point six eight. Jesus so, Christ. Just about six times, I mean three times. And the reason, Stu, is once you try to dismantle, overregulate, and basically hurt the American energy s- sector, there's a dearth of supply out there because we're not producing oil like we were, or much less what was projected, and the price of oil goes up, and we're buying that oil from our enemies. That makes a lot of sense to um, you just, are they that stupid? Do they hate America? Uh, is there something going on with Biden, uh, uh, Biden's family c- uh, corruption? Or are they so beholden to this ridiculous ideo- ideological um, church of climate change um, that they can't think straight? It's interesting. Um, I think I said that I didn't think, well, I did say in an article that um, that sanctions are not going to do much good uh, against the Russians. But, you know, I've, as I've been reading these uh, financial ties we have uh, to Russia are kind of more extensive than I had really f- thought about. Uh, Visa and MasterCard are now stopping doing any business with Russians. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, a lot of people use those cards for for credit. Um, So there's a good amount of pain being exerted against the Russian people um, and against productivity in Russia. Um, You know, the interest rate there is 20%. The ruble has lost 30% of its value. Um, This week, uh, well... Over the weekend, Putin said that they have the right to seize certain officials' bank accounts. Now, these are Russian officials, um, and they say they can do it if their reported income is less than what they have in the bank or something. But it, to me, it's just a license to steal, um, mm-hmm. to get, you know, get whatever uh, capital they can. Um, um so interesting um what else we got here uh, steve bannon i think was pretty funny and uh, you remember this bitch christina friedland uh who's a minister uh under justin trudeau who really was um her her rhetoric was extremely harsh measures against the truckers mm-hmm. um, and wanting to arrest them and, you know, sedition and all this stuff. Um, well, they're part of the, what you might call the State Department, foggy bottom, neocon elites who really want us to ramp up the war in Ukraine. And Steve Bannon said, <laughs> um, you know, it's the elites who caused a lot of this with their meddling in, in Ukraine. And he called them and her a gutless coward. And he said she should get on a plane and grab an AK-47 and fight over there if she feels this way. Krista Friedland, don't give me an op-ed of courageous Hungarians fighting for, uh, fighting for us all. Or fighting for us all. Get your ass on a plane and get a gun and get over there. And by the way, on the way out, why not you let the people that that organize the trucker, they want you to let them out of jail. You're the problem, ma'am. You're the problem in everything you represent and the rot and decay in this system. And it stinks to high heaven. Instead, there's a certain amount of truth in that, in that uh, the powdered wig set in their capitals safe from all of this are often the ones who want to shed other people's blood and not theirs. It's a history of the world, Stu. Um, The trucker convoy is in Virginia and uh, Maryland. They're around the beltway. I don't think they're going to be as disruptive as the Canadian uh, trucker convoy, Stu. Um, They've ended a lot of the mask mandates since they got on the road, but their position now is just in the Emergency Powers Act uh, so that this doesn't happen again. Uh, but these truckers may not be speaking in one voice because they're c- coming from, you know, six different places across the country, and that's probably six different or- organizations. Uh, Speaking of the president's stupid energy bills, um, you got this new bill that's uh, being presented to, well, moving its way through Congress, um, where the United States will not buy any Russian oil. That would deprive us of, what, 650,000 barrels of oil a day, but it's supported by Manchin and Pelosi, um, so it seems to me it's got a very good chance passing. Uh, Biden is against it. Um, he says he wants to hold this back as a negotiating topic. But, you know, obviously that's bullshit for whatever reason. And it might be beholden into the um, the climate change uh, people. Um, you know, these people believe in a false narrative it's like a religious faith they're crazy uh or whether there's some sort of sinister uh uh method to his madness uh, we don't know exactly but it's stupid as fuck, uh, to be buying oil from them when we can produce it ourselves and not enrich them when we are at war with them essentially Um, In the meantime, Biden has reached out to Venezuela and Iran (laughs) to buy oil. Uh, It's just, it's like they, everything he's done is though he wants to destroy the United States as we know it. And subconsciously, that may very well be true, Stu, when you're filled with, uh, you know, his advisors, uh, people in his elite echelon, they hate America. it's obvious. Um, story came up over the weekend, Stu, is is the Russian military, has it been hampered by Russian corruption? Um, you got the oligarchs and you got kind of the Russian mafia there and they all take pieces of everything. So Putin is, you know, the Russian army or military forces have a budget of 60 billion a year. Well, how much of that is affected by uh, corruption and oligarchs and mafia people having their hands in things such that it's so disorganized and fragmented that it just doesn't work very well. If you look at some of the equipment they have, um, I mean, I've seen some, some videos and it, you know, it looks like some of these tanks and armored personnel carriers were built in the 60s or something, um, you know, no computers. Um, apparently they don't have a communications, uh, a, a secure communication system with their headquarters. And people are just picking up their voices, um, audio over the radio. Um, it's like a 1960 army trying to uh, conquer you know, a modern army, not that the Ukrainians are that modern, but um, it's strange to, it may well, I mean, this could be going, you have a theory about this, I want you to say something about, yeah. but it could very well be that Putin thought they would roll in there, take over the government, and, um, and that was it. Um, so he could use this faulty equipment and um, just kind of overwhelm them. Um, but the fact that that convoy had been there still and it had not moved, it's not good for an army not to move like that and be idle. And, um, you know, more and more weapons are coming into Ukraine. Uh, I did not know this until this weekend, but they have kind of a higher capacity carrying a bigger munitions load drone called the Punisher and they've actually developed that themselves after Ukraine got in the eastern part of Ukraine got developed and they have some of those i don't they won't disclose what the number is and it could be that they've been very strategic in using those drones to knock out supplies fuel and munitions on their supply line um, kind of like what MacArthur did in World War II, where he hopscotched islands and cut them off. Some of that might be going on here. Um, the Turkish uh, Bay Ractor, they have some of those as well. Um, so, And then, you know, with some of this Polish aircraft, you know, um, this thing could last for a while. And still... It does last for a while you have to ask yourself uh did putin really miscalculate um in the sense that you know his economy could be in real shambles it was in shambles to a degree to begin with but um he could be in for a long guerrilla war um ukraine is a huge place um like he was like the russians were in afghanistan Um, the West could continue to supply arms and uh, necessities, and then him being cut off from Western capital markets. Um, um, It's interesting, Stu. Um, I don't know what the answers are, um, but it would seem to me that convoy is shut down. I don't think it's a tactical move not to move it. I think it's shut down Um, and it might just very well be that they just don't have, they didn't expect this um, and that the Ukrainians have disrupted their supply lines. That's kind of what I'm leaning more to that, Stu, than, than this is a purposeful, let's just sit here kind of thing. But Stu, I know you have some alternative ideas and I'd like to hear them. So
1: I saw an article on the Daily Mail and it said Putin's mangled war machine, 108 tanks, 224 troop carriers, 17 mobile rocket launchers, 10 helicopters and 10 aircraft. The devastating list of military vehicle vehicles Zelensky's force claimed to have taken out. So claim to have taken out. Oh was the article today. 1032 Eastern Standard Time. So one of the pictures referenced in this was of a plane. I'm probably going to mispronounce it. I'm not fluent in Russian, but it's called a Sukhoi Su-34. NATO calls it the fullback. And this is actually a Soviet origin Russian twin engine. Twin seat, all weather, supersonic, medium range, fighter bomber um, aircraft, and I realized this was the case because the article had made a reference to uh, some pictures from, from the that the Ukrainian government had kicked out, and and it, there's some video, but you could also see a red star with a yellow. Uh, border on one of the wings and so I was like okay so they're using Soviet technology
0: and then it's interesting that after they changed to uh, modern modern Russia you know they kind of had a little mini revolution with Yeltsin that they haven't gotten that Soviet iconography off the planes it makes you think the military is more red and communist than the rest of the population. Anyway. I have no clue. Yeah. And so another
1: one of the jets they claimed to shoot down was the McCoyan MiG-31. I love the movie Top Gun. This is essentially what Maverick and Goose were fighting against in Top Gun. Is there something wrong? Yes, ma'am, the data on the MiG is inaccurate. How's that, Lieutenant? Well, I just happened to see a MiG twenty-eight. We, do, we sorry, sorry. We happened to see a MiG twenty-eight do a four G negative dive. Where did you see this? That's classified. It's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. And the interesting thing about this Sukhoi Su thirty-four is that in twenty sixteen the Russian government was trying to s- negotiating selling these to Algeria. Now, Algeria is the third best country in Africa when it comes to having a uh, development score. So that's awesome. They're you know really getting on their feet. But it really starts to beg the question of when we look at sources for how big Russia's tank forces—it's, uh, you know, its armored units. When we look at how big the Russian air force is, when we look at how big the Russian air force is, you know, we really start to see some interesting numbers. You know, Flight Global estimated that in 2015 they had about 4,000 aircraft, and uh, according to the Russian Defense Ministry, the share of modern armament in the air force has reached about 35 percent. During 2014, 66 by 2016, and 72 by late 2017. And so, you know, these are remarks by the chief of general staff of the Russian Federation. And, you know, it is coming from a biased source, but you really start to get kind of confused about, well, what is really kind of going on here? Because it seems like they're sending their B team to fight. And keeping all their fancy equipment at home. So, what, are they expecting an actual invasion of Russia? And also, do they think it's easier to sell to the people of, oh, the the imagery that you see. These are all of our old military vehicles. It's none of our new stuff. So it's more acceptable. But um, but it just doesn't. It doesn't add up. But so much hasn't add, added up. But from what I can see, you haven't even sent in anything that's made after. I think there was one jet from 2002 that I've seen listed in uh, reports. But I've seen very few things listed that are from post-2000 onwards.
0: Yeah, and um, I keep getting back. It makes no sense to have that convoy just sit there. Um, I lean more to, um, they think this is a much more dangerous operation and maybe they, the Ukrainians have really disrupted their supply lines and they know, uh, and they can't move and they know that if they do move, um, um, then um, they'll disrupt the supply lines more. You also are in the time of what they call the Rasputenta, I think, which is the period of time when uh, all throughout Russia and Ukraine, that all the snow is melting and the fields are just nothing but muck. Uh, and it might be hard to travel, uh, but yet wouldn't they have thought of that before all this, unless they thought they were just going to roll down those roads and be there in a day. Yeah, I don't know, but our intelligence knows they've got to know why they're stuck like that. The fog of war, it's interesting. There's so many uh, quarterbacks and pundits um, all with extensive military and geopolitical experiences. And there's not a uniform consensus as to what the hell is going on, which I think is why war is so difficult. You just don't know what's going on and you, you know, it can change any day. So, yeah, absolutely.
1: But I I do fear that a lot of people think one thing is going on, and they're going to feel very gaslit by the time this is all over, and that they were lied to. So take that as you will.
0: All right, you could very well be on the money there, Stu.
1: Yeah, right on, right on. Well, I'll catch you later.
0: All right, Stu, go go. See ya. Oh, oh, you ready to blow? Yeah, I'm ready to blow. Well, I'm a mushroom cloud-laying motherfucker, motherfucker. Every time my fingers touch brain, I'm super fly TNT. I'm the guns of the Navarone.